Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. to another edition of MTAS Radio. Our purpose is to encourage you by empowering you with information and conversation like the one you'll hear today that will make you think and ultimately lead to actions where actions are so desperately needed. I want to invite you right now to find us on Facebook by Googling M. T-A-S, M-T-A-S is how you can find us on Facebook. Folks, remember to like our page on Facebook so that you can stay abreast to our weekly broadcast as well as our um, weekly dialogue. We love to hear from you and get you to weigh in on a number of subject matters that we talk about over here at MTAS Radio. Also, you can find us online by visiting www.m-tas.org. Again, that's www.m-tas.org. That's how you can find us online. Folks, visit the resource tab. Get much needed information about life insurance. We have a lot of conversation, a lot of discussion around social-related issues and social-related concerns, folks. And if we are... um, if we find it important and if we find it necessary to protect our family from economic um, trouble and economic problems and economic instability, one of the things we can do is make sure that we are thinking very intently and um, thinking about our most important coverage when it comes down to insurance, and that is life insurance. Folks, remember, millions of Americans are currently at risk right now. We're losing their protection by only having protection on their jobs or they're living without protection to begin with. Folks, that is not a good situation to be in. And if it is your situation, if you have not taken this most important concern um, seriously, 
not hesitate to call my office direct. You can speak directly with me or a licensed insurance advisor by calling 773-881-9555. Again, that's 773-881-9555. That is the number I can be reached Monday through Fridays. And remember, folks, this hour is being brought to you by... John Green's Agency of American Family Insurance. We're certainly about the community. We're certainly about um, keeping you informed, keeping you engaged, and uh, bringing you in on topics of discussion that um, that's important. That's important to um, the country, society, and our community in particular. 718-508-9533. 718-508-9533. That is the number to call. Folks, to get your thoughts, views, and opinions heard, just press number one and we'll get you in. So glad for you to join us each and every Sunday, 5.30 Central Standard Time, as we engage you and um, see what's on your heart and just to figure out what's on your mind, what's really going on upstairs, right? That's what it's all about. Last week, folks, we um, had some technical difficulties, but we seem to have gotten all those concerns and problems and issues resolved. So glad to be back with you this week as we engage in another important conversation, as always. And again, I'm glad to have you with us. What's on the mind of um, myself today? What am I thinking about today? Um, yesterday on um, online, uh ran across a piece that I thought was um, quite intriguing um, as I look at some of the things that's being discussed around the country relative to um, police abuse, police misconduct, and things of that nature, but that's not the uh, focus of today's conversation, folks. But we, we can kind of touch on that a little bit. But when I hear people talk about Black Lives Matter and um, it seems like the African-American community seems to want to hold everyone accountable uh, for the lives of African-Americans, other than themselves, right? When I hear people make that argument, and then um, I listen to it, um, and it seems like we have a hard time separating um, the issue, the issue as of what takes place specifically within the African-American community when you talk about black-on-black uh, -black violence or black-on-black -black assault and things of that nature versus what's taking place um, by way of policing that community, right? Two different things, um, but... Uh, to some degree, it, it could grow out of the same philosophy and the same thought process. So, um, again, in preparing for today's show, preparing for today's show, um, I ran across a piece, ran across a piece that talked about um, wearing a mask and manhood and what does it mean to be a man. And when we talk about it, I'm pretty sure – you folks out there, you've heard people say or, or mention the term man up, right? Be a man. What does it mean to be a man or to man up? Or you might say to uh, uh, a young man or, or an, uh, an adult man to man up. What do we mean by that? What do we mean when we say that? And um, how is that message heard and how is it received by the listener when they hear that, right? When we talk about violence, when we talk about violence in America, when we talk about violence in the African-American community, um, how does that notion of manhood and how does that idea of manning, uh, manning up, how does that come into play in this whole conversation? Do we see some of the reaction and some of the behavior uh, relative to violence and relative to how males respond in this culture? Does it have anything to do with this idea of manhood or misplaced um, or mischaracterization of manhood. 
what what do you think about that right um when you when you when you look at how um some individuals respond in in hostile um challenging situation and how they might respond i mean in an aggressive manner, do we connect that to our notion or idea or understanding of manhood and when we respond in kind in an aggressive um hostile way or we meet force with force is that us responding to our thoughts, beliefs, and ideas about this notion of manhood. And where do we get all this from? Where does that come from? Folks, another thing, um, as we have today's conversation about uh, what does it mean to, ma- to be a man and understanding, and we're exploring the topic of gender intelligence, right, understanding and respecting differences, right? That's another thing that we want to certainly talk about today and put that on the table. Maybe you folks are not familiar with that with that um, whole phraseology of gender intelligence. Maybe you heard folks talk about down through the years this whole idea about emotional intelligence and things of that nature but what does it mean to be gender intelligent right Uh, understanding and respecting differences are there differences among the genders um do males or men tend to respond differently than women in certain situations what about dangerous type situation do we um is there a different response that you were that that um that you were expect from a man versus a woman right and how do we process this notion or concept of gender intelligence? What is that about? Understanding the differences between the gender genders and being well informed as to um, what what's unique about men? What what is it that make men men from a biological standpoint as well as a sociological standpoint, right? And also what's unique about women as we talk about gender intelligence? What makes women women, biologically speaking, right, in terms of the whole evolutionary process and sociological um, as well. And are there things that we could glean and learn from um, the two um, genders? I want to share with you um, what um, I ran across this guy, and maybe you folks may be familiar with him. I wasn't familiar with him because I'm not much of a sports dude, Um, Sometimes that's different, right? Uh, but not much of a sports guy. But this guy, he played 13 years for in the NFL. I believe he played for um, the Colts, if um, if I'm correct. This gentleman's name is um, Joe Effman. I'm trying to find his name. I actually want to make sure I had the cor- correct pronunciation of his name, but I don't think that that's important at this particular point. You can w- log on to my Facebook page as well as the MTAS page and hear his TED Talk. I thought he gave a very interesting TED Talk. But one of the things that he says in this piece that I posted to my page, he said when his 11 years ago, when his son was born, he made a conscious decision never to tell his son to um, be a man or to man up. He said he made a very conscious decision never to communicate his son, to his son in that way and in that context. And part of his rationale um, is, and I'm trying to find it right now, folks, part of his rationale is he, he believes that we live in a very hyper-masculine society, a very hyper um, over-sexualized society that, that young men and men are giving messages um, by the culture and 
through the culture, through media, through movies, through music, through messaging, through commercials and things of that nature that gives us this um, hyper sense of masculinity, right? And we try to play those ideals and roles out. And he wanted to make sure that he sort of protected his son from that type of messaging because from his standpoint, he sees the messaging as a very dangerous thing. And here's and here's his his reasoning behind that. Again, he says that our culture, the American culture, American society, teaches men three things. He said there's three uh, misconceptions about men and about manhood and what it means to be a man. And, say, and, and think about this, folks. Tell me if you can relate to this, if you agree with this guy, disagree with this guy, or what. He said that men are taught that being athletic, uh, having some level of uh, athleticism um, is what it means to be a man. Size, strength, and ability to compete and win. That manhood could be viewed from that context, and that's what it means to be a man. The second thing he said is that is a social misconception about manhood is that uh, manhood deals with sexual conquest, how many women you can sleep with, right, and not about relational success, right, that sort of thing. He said a third uh, mischaracterization of manhood in our society is taught in uh, American culture is economic success. Economic success um, is equated to your self-worth. In other words, your self-worth is tied to your net worth. I kind of screwed that up, but, yeah, that's the point I'm making. That's how he said it, that uh, we live in a society and a culture by which we connect economic success with self-worth, right? One believes that their self-worth is tied to their net worth, their job title, how much money you have, where do you live. All those things is wrapped up into this idea and notion of, manhood and many times um from his standpoint we tend to play these roles and ideas out in our individual lives so as we have today's conversation folks as we talk about this whole idea notion uh and i this idea and notion about gender intelligence right being a man and wearing a mask let's think about those things let's think about it from the context of how uh, manhood is um, um, demonstrated in, in today's culture. Let's think about how we can connect that um, that's, that mischaracterization to what we see in terms of violence in America today and various communities and various neighborhoods. Maybe it's, it's a little bit deeper than um, not being able to just resolve a simple conflict. Maybe it's wrapped into this whole idea and notion of manhood, and we have to begin to challenge that and confront that head on. I begin to redefine and re um and challenge certain beliefs that we have surrounding men, manhood and the whole nine yards. Right? Um Another thing, folks, again, 718-508-9533, 718-508-9533, press 1. I'm certainly going to get you in, folks, because uh, it's not just about me. This is about us engaging, discussing, and learning from one another here. Um, I noticed with uh, the entire nation we've been talking about, and uh, we've been talking about Sandra Bland. Uh, we've been talking about um, talking about the tragic uh, the tragedy surrounding this young lady's life. Um, at least she was 20, 28 years of age. As I understand it, she was um, beginning to start a job in in Texas. And you guys know the story. I don't have to rehearse it. Um, it regurgitate what you've already learned about um, this individual through the various media stories. However, uh, if I don't know if any of you guys took out the time to actually look at the um, the uh, the video cam from the police 
car, right, or the body cam. I'm not sure where it was. I, I, I believe it was coming from the dashboard, if memory serves it correctly. However, the point is the the verbal exchange between the officer and Sandra Bland, right, the verbal exchange. I want you folks to think about if you can just go back in your mind, right, and try to recall if you've listened to, if you saw, if you saw exactly what I'm talking about, if you can recall that verbal exchange, were there any um, any issues of gender dynamics at play during that interaction there, right? Um, the guy pulls the, the guy pulls her over uh, for uh, a traffic infraction, and upon giving her what, what he said was going to be a, a warning initially, he didn't like her disposition, right? He didn't like her disposition um, as to her being upset about being pulled over once and, I guess, being given a warning. Um, what was it all about? What is it all about? Do we give people the freedom to be human, to be angry, to be expressive, to um, show um, dissatisfaction, if you will, um, that sort of thing. Was there any gender dynamic at play during that whole uh, verbal exchange and interaction? What was it all about? Um, could the officer have been offended, been offended that he uh, felt as though his sense of authority was being challenged as a police officer, as a man? I'm just speculating, folks, as we talk about men and how men are socialized and gender intelligence and things of that nature and wearing masks and things of that sort. But I tell you this, um, after she uh, was removed from the car, we certainly saw how she went right in. And we often say that sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt, right? At least that's what we heard growing up. But I challenge that notion. I challenge that concept. Words do hurt. They hurt women and they hurt men, and as we talk about gender intelligence and as we begin to grow in our understanding, we have to begin to understand also that uh, men, it's okay to be emotional. It's okay to express emotions, and men do have emotions. So, um, yes, sometimes men show, we show what we feel physically, but we have emotion too. We feel things as well, and sometimes they need to be said, they need to be spoken, and we need to give men permission to um, express that in many ways. And it's okay. And we need to understand that being being men are sometimes showing compassion and empathy towards others as well. This coach again, Joe. I'm messing up. Erman, Erman, that's his name, Joe Erman. Uh, one of the things he said in this TED Talk, I'm going to say this, I'm going to shut my mouth and come right to you again, 718-508-9533, press 1, I'm coming right to you. One of the things that he says in his TED Talk, he said, he said, boys, boys that never learn to cry learn to shoot bullets. Interesting, folks, right? Boys, he said, he makes the point that boys who never learn to um, feel and, and, and be empathetic and show signs of emotion, he said they typically, these are the same individuals that typically learn to um, shoot bullets. What is he really saying? He's really saying that you move to another um um, level when it comes down when it comes down to um, self-expression or expressing or acting out your anger, your discontentment, um, and your displeasure, and sometimes it can go to the extreme of that level of violence. So, what's the point? The point is we need to uh, redefine and encourage males in our culture that it's okay to be emotional and it's not and being emotional is not always a bad thing, right? And women, ladies, if you're listening to me out here today, I think you guys need to get that as well. 
you know, sometimes you guys buy into the social uh, the social norm or the social narrative as well, and um, you would uh, criticize and and beat other men that you're close to up with um, certain ideas or terminology. You might call them the mm word, and you know that's those are fighting words when a when a man hears that coming from another male or when a man hears that coming from a a, a, a woman. Um, and if you notice, Sister Sandra Bland, what does she call? What does she call it, officer? Once she got out the car, right? Um, I'm not making her. I'm not making her the aggressor, because certainly she was not. But she certainly was angry. But she went on the attack, and she began to say some things. She called him a wuss, right? Uh, how do you feel? You must feel like a big man to do this to a what? A woman. So what was it all about? What was she playing out in her mind? And what was going on within him during that process as well? Certainly he was not. I'm not making him out to be the victim. I don't believe he was a victim. He's a police officer. He should have conducted himself as such in a professional manner the whole nine yards. That's not my point. I'm having this, I'm, I'm bringing that up strictly from the standpoint of what does it mean to be a man, how do we how we process manhood, and this whole idea of gender intelligence. Folks, I've been at it for a long time here, so seven one eight five zero eight nine five three three. Certainly want to know what's on your what's on your mind, what's on your heart as we talk about a couple of questions. I want you folks to consider uh, as we um, raise a few questions surrounding gender intelligence, gender expectations, and the challenges that are created as a result of gender confusion. Right, as a result of gender confusion. Um, think about this, folks. Be a man. What is it? What is that? What is that? And how do men react when the idea or this idea of manhood is challenged? Think about that from the context of what we what I just shared about the whole Sandra Bland piece. If you guys saw that verbal exchange. Let me try that question again. I want you guys to think about that. Uh, being a man, what is that, and how do men react when this idea of manhood is challenged? And ladies, do sometimes you guys realize that that's what you're doing, or is that intentional? What is it all about? All right. Could gender intelligence help reduce violence? Could gender intelligence help reduce violence? Um, maybe I'll share a little bit of that, of what I mean by that. Um, and could gender intelligence be the answer to police brutality and hypermasculinity? Have you considered that one of the most dangerous things, according to this piece, is to tell or say to a young man, be a man? Have you considered that that could be very dangerous if we're not being very descriptive of what we mean by that, if we're not being um, clear and concise as to what that definition means, or more importantly, if we have not had the correct examples or the correct models to emulate? There you go, folks. So, again, we're talking gender intelligence um, and things of that sort. What is it all about? This piece, I shared it again. I shared it on my Facebook and also the MTAS page. One of, this thing, one of the uh, three points that this article makes when it comes down to um, what they refer to as, being, uh, as gender intelligent men, they make three points. They said gender intelligent men listen, and they listen differently. 
um, they say, uh, it says that gender intelligent men, um, not only do they listen and listen differently, they also um, they 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 seek out information. Um, they seek out information that's um, that's not always relevant to their position or their interests as men. Right? Um, they learn differently. They learn differently, and they're willing to share what they've learned with other people and challenge uh, age-old beliefs and notions, and particularly when they find those beliefs and notions to be troubling and dissettling. Uh, the third thing that this particular article points out is that gender intelligent men lead differently, right? It's not about an ego trip. It's not about a power trip. It's not about dominating or controlling um, the next individual. Said that they lead differently. Um, so let me just share this one last piece by way of um, as it relates to that they listen differently. It says here they also turn their listening inward. Um, um, Ray asked the audience where their emotional gymnasium was and if they didn't have one to find one. For women, this has traditionally been something we've we've had all around us. When we gather with our when we gather with other women to share our feelings, concerns, and challenges. For men, this is not always a natural or, or comfortable state. Um, and one of Ray, Ashanti, and Drew all agreed can be hugely beneficial for men by helping them find their true purpose and becoming comfortable with what is within themselves, right? Talk about that whole piece of uh, finding your uh, emotional gymnasium. I like that phraseology and that terminology, right? Um, your emotional gymnasium, what is, what is that all about, right? Uh, some of you folks may have just left your emotional gymnasium, right? Some folks call it church, mosque, synagogue, um, and Oftentimes, we find very few men there, and what is that all about? Why do we find very few men there? Um, do men find it uncomfortable to be in those type of environments, or does that go against our notion, understanding of masculinity and male manhood and the whole nine yards? So um, there you have it, folks. Again, um, the three points that this particular um, article makes by way of um, – Gender intelligence, that intelligence, um, men, meaning that gender intelligent men listen differently, um, learn differently, and lead differently, right, and lead differently. And, um, and, uh, and that's, those are interesting ideas and interesting points. Right, and a lot of these, and a lot of these studies, and a lot of this information is even is being considered and. Um, and process even at the corporate level, right? Why is it important for a corporation to understand some of what we're talking about today? How does that play out in boardrooms? How does that play? How does that play out uh, when it comes down to the bottom line? Understanding um, the difference in gender, understanding women concerns, understanding. Um, 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 issues by way of um, that sometimes one might need a little bit more time away than uh, a woman might need a little bit more time away from work than a male, that sort of thing. Uh, incorporating all those 
ideas um, and understanding into the whole um, into work into the work life balance that sort of thing. Another piece I ran across today and I thought it was interesting and I guess it was based upon a scientific study is that one of the ways you can get one of the ways you can make women mad in the workforce is by calling them emotional, right? And um, supposedly this piece and maybe I'll gather I didn't share it but I'll dig it up and I'll share it. But this piece makes the point that oftentimes women are considered more emotional than men and things of that and things of that sort. However, um, um, they they were saying that based upon um, much research, they're starting to discover that all the women don't mind being emotional, expressing themselves emotionally, but in that moment they still have the ability to be just as rational as men. So when we talk about cultural biases, gender biases, and things of that nature, and, and as men we might say, well, she's being emotional or she's too emotional, almost the saying, uh, okay, she's being irrational. We're equating emotional with irrationability and things of that sort. But that's not necessarily true. So what say you? Seven one eight five zero eight nine five three three. Seven one eight five zero eight nine five three three. Folks, as we have this important conversation, we have thirty thirty minutes left in the conversation. Definitely press one. We'll definitely get you in surrounding um, being a man, right? Um, taking the mask off and gender intelligence. Folks, what say you? What's on your mind? How do you process any of this? Do you connect any of this to? Um, uh, do you connect any of this? Um, hyper masculinity to uh, the spillover of violence in neighborhoods, right? Um, is that really is that an American is that a is that a black problem or is that an American problem? I mean, what 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 are we what are we talking about here? What are we saying here? Um, certainly, we see a lot of this taking place. A lot of this stuff go goes on. Uh, one of the things I, I thought that was interesting interesting about this coach. And he was talking about, um, you guys may have recalled, you guys may recall the whole Ray Rice situation, right, him and his wife. And, and the NFL was in an uproar, and the country was in an uproar because of the seemingly um, uh, minor punishment that was initially handed down. I believe it was maybe a one-game suspension, a two-game suspension before the tape actually came out or the film was actually released to the public and we actually saw what happened. Uh, one of the things that Joe um, Urban said relative to Ray Rice not singling him out, he said, hey, this is not an NFL problem. This isn't a Ray Rice problem per se, although we understand individual responsibility. He said, this is an American problem. This is a this is a cultural issue that we must begin to face and deal with where men are concerned, right? What do, uh, how do men understand, understand manhood? Why, how has it ever become appropriate to uh, be that aggressive towards a woman? Right? Is that some of what what Sandra Bland was saying the other day on her tape? Right? When she said it, you know, do you feel good about yourself? I mean, you know, you're doing this to a woman, you wussy. Right? Is that was she someone asking the same question in a different way? Certainly in a very upset way. We get that, but um, is that what that whole exchange was all about? Right? Is that what that was all about? And uh, was the officer, to some degree, was he challenged by that? 
Was it just about challenging his authority as an officer? A part of what was being challenged as well was his idea and notion of manhood and masculinity, right? Oftentimes uh, you hear uh, people say, well, I'm a man before what? I'm anything, right? I'm a man before I'm clergy. I'm a man before I'm a husband. I'm a man before I'm a football player. And if you step on my toes and if you... uh, um, attack my manhood, or if I feel as though there's a front on my manhood, then you have problems. So um seems like we're we're doing, we, we, uh, we do a very, it's a very thin line when it comes down to uh, this whole idea, notion of manhood, that, is, that it's a very fragile thing. It's a very fragile thing, and you never know what button you can push, it seems, in which men will, men will start to feel um, challenged in that area. Right? What can you 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 might say something, and maybe you might need might not need mean anything by it, but men might feel challenged by that. And um, why is that? Why is that? Is it is it have we raised the bar that high for men in this country and in this culture where uh, men feel as though um, it's it's very difficult to live up to that? So therefore, any suggestion that they're not making a grade is we find it offensive. Ladies, I know I'm talking about men, but certainly you have an opinion as well because um, 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 sometimes um, our idea and our, our, our understanding of manhood, um, sometimes we, we, we glean it from um, other women as well. So certainly think you guys have a lot to say where that's concerned, right? But there's a number of ways we can think about this, folks. So, again, folks, however um, you're thinking about this, however, and maybe you don't see this as being a challenge. Maybe you don't see this as being a problem in our culture and in our society. But as um, more and more people begin to question violence or um, question police brutality and um, question um, this idea of hyper-masculinity, more and more questions are being raised as to um, the origin of this um, of this challenge and this concern, and how can we become more gender intelligent and how intelligent and how can we teach other young men and other men in this country and in this culture that it's okay to be empathetic it's okay to show concern it's okay to be compassionate it's okay to be considerate right um it's okay to listen it's okay to listen. Again, going back to uh, uh, Sister Bland, you know, I, I recall a cop asking her a question. You seem to be annoyed. Um, you seem to be frustrated. And she responded, and he didn't like her response. And her rebuttal was, you ask me a question. Maybe you didn't like my answer, but you asked me a question, and I'm responding to it. So, could police officers, could they benefit from courses in gender, um, surrounding gender intelligence? Can they benefit from um, courses as such, understanding the differences between um, gender and things of that nature, right? Every situation that you come across is not a life and death situation. Sometimes it's, it, it could be resolved in a more um, sensible and peaceful manner, and probably um, some of that 
could be uh, better uh, resolved if, in fact, officers understood some of what um, Coach Joe Ehrman talked about and some of what this article alludes to by way of uh, being empathetic, learning to lead differently, right, as police officers. Do police officers, do they view themselves as leaders? I think they should, right? Because when you view your when you view yourself from that context, um, that comes with mo- most leaders. And when you understand yourself to be a leader or be someone who have great influence, certainly that that con- that conjure up the notion of responsibility, right? Responsibility. Um, and who are you responsible to, right? Who are you responsible to? So maybe if in fact uh, officers begin to view themselves from that context, maybe we will. Uh, Maybe sometimes we will see a different behavior, and particularly when it comes down to um, situations in which the cameras are being, um, the cameras are capturing that we see based upon that vantage point in which officers should probably probably respond differently, and particularly when their lives are not being threatened and their lives are not being endangered, right? So um, maybe it calls for a different type of learning, a different type of understanding, um, not just about gender, about race and a whole nine, um, and particularly when you have the, the, the power of um, – death at your disposal, if you will, when you have that power at your disposal. So manhood, masculinity, gender intelligence, all these things become uh, critical to our understanding, critical to how we uh, view relationships, um, how we do police community policing, and the whole nine, folks. So um, also it's critical to understanding violence, right, Um, teaching young men and women how to respond differently. All those things become critically important. But, again, 718-508-9533, 718-508-9533. We're talking about being a man. What does it mean to be a man wearing masks and gender intelligence? It looks like we have someone trying to join the conversation and want to weigh in on some of the things I'm, I, that I've shared um, thus far. Carl, are you with us? Uh, speaking. How we doing? How we doing? Sound like that is uh, Andrew. How you doing, kind yeah. sir? Uh-oh, I'm, I'm hanging in there, living life. Good, good man, good man. We're glad to see you hanging well, in there. I'm, living, li- I'm living life. I'm li- I'm living life from a male perspective. <laughs> I certainly, I certainly get that, and I don't expect anything differently from from you. But uh, what 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 is your understanding about this idea, notion of um, gender intelligence? Certainly, you live in life from a male perspective. But do you think other males in our, in our culture could benefit from um, understanding other uh, the other gender, if you will? Well. And it is very difficult. I tell you, it's very difficult to discuss this because the topic disgusts me, and it disgusts me because there are people out here making money and making a great living off of dealing with peripheral subject matter to keep people confused. Talking about gender differences, those things are very simple calculus. This is not a brain surgery. This is not physics. This is a very easy and, and, and simple concept that, and framework that has been around for millions of years. 
that human beings have gotten along for millions of years, not in a perfect society, but they learn to appreciate, respect the, what the other gender provides for their society. What we have in this 20, 20th century, the latter part of the 20th century, and the uh, early part of this 21st century is that there's a lot of confusion out there, and I'm saying strategically that confusion is put in place because we have people with agendas, and basically those agendas are for self-fulfilling things for them, for the individual to make a living, to drive home a point, or to serve an interest that they may have, that they floated this thing out here and have society all confused about what's going on in the world, particularly here in the United States. So gender, help me out gender, gender intelligence, gender intelligence, it's a funny concept. But the person who came up with it, and I think I, when I first heard it, it was some lady who came up with that. It's just like if we got together today, we can come up with a concept and a name. Now, does it have legs? Does it take on water? Is it viable? But those are, that comes from the intelligentsia. And intelligentsia is, some, is a group of people that I would classify as those who submit things that they don't have to pay a consequence for. Okay, so help me out here. So do I hear you saying that 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 from your standpoint, there is no confusion in the in the culture relative to uh, masculinity, um, and that young men are getting the correct message and the right message, and many times we see them act acted out appropriately based upon the messaging that they're receiving. No, no. What I'm submitting to you is that if there is some level of shift in the concept and understanding of what what constitutes masculinity, that comes from people with certain agendas who want to float this idea, and it's a reflection of a group of people, an identifiable group of people to a large degree, when you talk about the bullet concept, who don't have the infrastructure in place through family, things of that nature, that they will buy into foolishness, hook, line, and sinker. Okay, so um, you you certainly you, you're saying that you, you certainly see in certain identifiable groups where there may be some confusion relative to what it means to be a man. Now, do you do do you think some of that comes into play when you look at uh, uh, when you look at gun violence in America? Well, that's what I meant by about the bullet concept that you read about earlier. Oh, the bullet, so the that, bullet. Okay, I thought you said yeah, bullet. the bullet. That's okay. yeah. No, bullets, bullets. I'm so sorry if I didn't yep. enunciate correctly. But the bullet no. concept, certainly when you have a, a group in society that you are referencing that struggles with its ideas of manhood, masculinity, womanhood, femininity, because we, that goes across the board to the young ladies as well, that's because of family again. And you know that everything I come, come to on this program is both uh, buttresses by the fact that it's family breakdown. Family breakdown allows these types of ideas that are floated out here by nincompoops and people with agendas to catch on with African Americans and other people who are vulnerable. You, you read something in the article or uh, talked about, about with like the women's rights movements and things of that nature. They have agendas. Now, there are impacts and effects from those agendas that come from that. But if you're not fortified in who you are, you will fall hook, line, and sinker for it, or to use a Malcolm X type of phrase, you you will be bamboozled, hoodwinked, run amok, and everything else because you weren't prepared by a simple 
mom and dad in your home to help you prepare for all the vices in the world that are out there to take advantage of you. And if you're not ready for it, you'll get it. So if you're a young man, just real quick, if you're a young man who doesn't know that it's okay to cry if you hurt yourself, but your dad says, man up a little bit so you can stop crying, crying quicker, or if they distort that, then that comes from your family. But if you're letting outside people do that to you, then I'm saying that you have a problem. Those constructs, those ideas, that frameworks come from your family on what is and what isn't a man. And if you are, again, if you're vulnerable enough, society will take advantage of you and put you in a position where you're weak and susceptible to falling for what you just read about in this whole thing. And they have to come up with a forum, symposium, write books, get money from people who can't get a simple grasp of what it is to be an accountable, responsible, virtuous, honorable man or woman. I appreciate that. I want you to stay right there. Uh, you mentioned something about uh, about men, um, a man maybe telling his son to man up to maybe shorten that whole emotional process. I definitely want to get some other folks in, in on a call, 312. I'm coming to you right now. Uh, what's on your mind relative to the subject matter that you're here to discuss today? Are you with us? Yes. Hello. How you doing? Yeah. Good. How are you? Good, good. Is that, is that my good friend, Brother Randy? No, this is uh, Alan Robinson. Oh, Brother Rob, Brother Rob, how we doing, kind sir? Yeah, how are you, John? Doing good, doing good. I, it seems like you've been online for uh, a while now. Um, what, what's on your mind relative to the subject matter? I think the brother made some interesting points uh, regarding the family structure and manhood and how masculinity is defined. Uh, but I also think that... Uh, one of the important things that we need to realize is when we think about the question, what is manhood, uh, we need to ask two other questions at least, and that is who defines manhood and is there a specific model for manhood? Because manhood in one man's house might be different than manhood in another man's house. One man might uh, see his son crying and tell his son to man up and another might see his son crying and allow his son or speak to his son about being in touch with his emotions. Uh, for example, um, they did a study uh, between the teenage boys and girls, and the boys uh, continually withdraw, with, were withdrawn when they came to situations that had to do with emotions uh, when the women, uh, the young girls, didn't withdraw because they, what they saw was a pattern of competition rather than connection between persons. And that's what I think you see in society today. There's more competition between men, and with women, there's more of a connection. You know, so in the context of intimate emotion, communication specifically with women, speaking of men, the masculine male often, John, withdraws emotionally, refusing to engage with the woman in what is termed an affectation uh, situation. Oftentimes, he withdraws. He tells the woman, well, I don't want to deal with it right now. Let's live to fight another day. But with her, she wants to connect with him emotionally, and him, uh, his inability to connect with her, because think about it from this perspective. Anyone who doesn't release their emotion, now I'm not talking about, you know, crying on every situation. I'm not talking about that. Anyone who doesn't release emotions is doing nothing but pent, uh, has pent-up emotions. 
And at some point in that individual's life, those pent-up emotions is going to come out. Uh, you see, and with women, they release their emotions more often than not. And is violence less on the female side than it is on the male side? Why aren't there women gangs like there are men gangs? Why aren't there as many women in prison as there, not, as there are men in prison? Now, I understand that there are a lot of uh, parameters or a lot of uh, other things that affect men being in prison. I do understand that. But in that environment in itself, women are told to man up in prison like men are told to man up. Uh, so I think there are a lot of factors that are involved here, John. And I think we have to ask those questions. Is there a specific model for manhood? Because I might raise my son differently than my neighbor raised my son, that he raises his son. But it, yeah. is, is that difference a bad thing? Yeah, I, I get your point. When you talk about uh, is there specific models and why does one um, why does one male in the culture learn one thing and the other male um, learn something totally different? However, I think um, as we had this discussion and we look at some of what this article made mention of that there seems to be a over uh, there seems to be a macro understanding of this idea of man, of manhood and from this gentleman perspective that part of it is um, being strong, having some level of athleticism, right, the whole aggressive aggressive nature part of manhood and the conquest, the sexual conquest. He points to all those things. I, I forget what, he, what his third um, point was, was, escapes me. But from a macro standpoint, um, Brother Allen, I think he kind of speaks to that. And I don't know if, in fact, that's true of all men or men would say, hey, you know what, on a subconscious level, he's correct. Maybe we are getting those type of messaging. And I have seen some of that play out in my individual behavior. But I want to go to the, uh, I'm going to go to Another call here, six one seven. Okay. Um, is that um, is that Solana joining the conversation? Hey, Hello. John. How hey, we doing? John, how's doing? it going? We're doing, doing well. well. Happy well. Sunday to you and to the other brothers that's on the line. Absolutely, absolutely. We're glad for you to. Um, I'm glad that you joined the conversation, joined the call, and to balance out this whole energy as we talk about gender intelligence <laughs> and uh, balance there. So glad to have you kind of add your voice to the discussion. Um, what, what's your thoughts about what you're hearing relative to this whole idea of manning up, being a man, and gender intelligence? Uh, do you think you guys get a bad rap when it comes down to, or are you offended if someone tells you that you're being emotional? If you hear that in the workplace, or maybe if you hear that at home, do you look at that as being a bad thing? Um, I mean, the reality of it is is that, you know, speaking from a woman's perspective, is that we are emotional. Um, that's pretty much maybe part of our makeup, um, but a lot of things um, based on your value system, and as I heard, I think uh, Andrew mentioned earlier, um, in terms of, you know, h how you're brought up, um, you know, you could be brought up in a very dominant household where they tell you, you know, not to cry. You know, even for girls, I mean, sometimes, you you know, you hear mother, shut up, dry that up. You know, what you crying for? You know, it's just it's, it's just not saying man up, you know. So sometimes you are taught to pretty much cease from having emotions. Um, emotions is a good thing. You know, I think that if more people uh, typically had a chance to express some of their emotions, maybe it would reduce some of the pent-up anger that so many people, you know, have. Um, unfortunately, you know, when people say, you know, man up or something like that, my husband and I was actually having that conversation uh, when I uh, saw your post on Facebook, you know, and I asked him, I said, you know, when you were growing up, did your mom 
actually ever, you know, tell you to man up. And he said, you know, no, she never, you know, said that to me, you know, but depending on the generation, um, I would say you hear a lot of that, you know, even from women telling their sons, man up. You know, I start questioning, you know, whereas do women not know that that's kind of traumatic, you know, to put that in a, a young man's mind that it's not okay to have emotions, it's not okay to cry. I mean, shucks, if you hit me, I'm going to cry if it hurts. You know, that's a normal reaction. That's the emotion that's brought up by some type of, you know, um, act. You know, but I just think that, you know, over time, this word man up has been used to define somebody's manhood. It's almost like slang in a sense. Do I think it's right? No. Um, but it depends on how, you know, how it was used in your household. My husband it sometimes is used, you know, as a, a term of motivation. You know, like, hey, if you play football or something, you know, and you get hit hard and you kind of, you know, you know, like shrug it off, you know, man up, you know. But I think sometimes it's taken, you know, it's been taken so out of context that now it's about bullying people. It's more of um, causing harm. It's been it's used kind of in a detrimental um, format um, because now this something as a simple phrase, you know, um, you know, it to me, it's not right. <laughs> to tell people that they can't have emotions, and but to each his own in his household how they raise their children. Um, I think that when you put that out there and that's how you raise your kids, what do you expect them to do, or even the young men, how do you expect them to respond when they're on the street or when they encounter certain conflict and things? You know, they'll just say, you know, oh, man up. You know, it could be a violent, yeah, you know, term. Yeah, exactly. Specifically, if the picture or the understanding of man up means that I must meet force with force, I can't walk away to live another day, i got to deal with this at this particular time, hey, I have a gun. I recall uh, Ben Wilson, hearing the story of Ben Wilson, watching the documentary, mm-hmm. if I could just recall this um, very quickly, and a young man who actually did time for taking um, young Ben's life, he said that he was taught, he had, you know, Ben bumped into him a whole nine yards, Ben had some words with him, he had some words with Ben Wilson, right, the basketball player, Simeon. Chicago, like mm-hmm. uh, Chicago here in Simeon, those of you who recall the player, recall the story, right? Um, um, the guy who bumped into him said Ben had some words for him, he had some words for Ben, he pulled out the gun, he was always told from the older men of his family, if you pull out a gun, you use it. So to him, manning up was, if I display it, I got to use it or I'm in trouble. So I don't think that there's anything wrong with masculinity or being a man. I think the problem is what we tell other men what manhood or being a man is, and that's the conversation we need to be having. That's the discussion, right. that's the discussion that needs to be taking place. Alan, I want to get you back on the conversation here because I believe um, offline we had a conversation. I believe I know that you uh, played football in your days, and I, I believe uh, Brother Andrew, he also has similar experience. You were telling me something take place within that whole culture as well when it comes down to injuries and things of that nature. Can you speak to that? Can you speak to that and that whole understanding and notion of manhood? relative to injuries and things of that sort. Yeah, sure can, John. Um, in, 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 in football, there are two components when it comes to uh, someone being hurt in the sport. You're uh, injured. If, you, if, you, if you're hurt, you're either hurt or you're injured. If you're hurt, you still can play. If you're injured, then you can't play. Well, who tells someone whether they're hurt or they're injured? If I have a, a thigh bruise or a bone bruise and it's preventing me from being 100%, should I go out there and play? Well, they say, well, it's, it's a bruise. You, yeah, you can play. You're not actually injured. You're only hurt. So, uh, if, But 
if the individual who's playing the sport looks at the long-term uh, considerations, he could injure his leg and make it even worse, not even be able to play the next week or the next year. But the team, the organization, the culture of football itself says you're not actually injured. You're hurt, so you should be a man and go out there and play. And if you don't go out there and play while you are hurt, then you are not a man. You are a coward. So this whole environment produces an atmosphere that in turn produces an attitude that if I don't sacrifice my body, even when my body is not 100%, and don't get me wrong, everybody has nagging injuries, so everybody is ailing to a certain extent during the course of a season. But when it comes to information and decision-making as to where whether I should put a career on the line because I'm hurt, as opposed to being injured, now there's a different kind of dynamic, a different kind of pressure that's involved. Because if I don't move forward and play while I'm injured now, my teammates, the organization, and even other teams are looking at me as a player who is not one who is willing to stand up when the going gets tough. But I don't consider my wife and my kids or my future, I consider the pressure of the environment that's around me, and that forces me to act in the same way a lot of these young men do on the street. They don't consider the consequences. They consider the, the environment that they're in right now, and they act accordingly based on that environment. Now, that's not the right thing to do, just, not, just like it's not the right thing for an athlete uh, in college or in the pros to play really when they're hurt. If you're not 100%, you shouldn't play. That's the bottom line. But they tell you to do it anyway. Great point. And that certainly speaks to the whole culture and uh, the whole notion of manning up and how we understand masculinity and manhood. Um, Andrew, if you're still with me, uh, in your playing days and your notion and understanding of manhood and masculinity relative to sports and football, did you get similar messaging and do you find that problematic? Andrew, I don't know if you're still with me. Are you still with me, kind sir? Yes, I say yes. I say I don't find it problematic, but I would explain it in a whole different uh, way than uh, the other gentleman did. But uh, now, okay. there's not enough time for me to get into that. But I certainly would like to discuss injury versus being hurt and the consequence of that relative to what we are as males, because we have testosterone. We are biologically different with our chemistry. We do things differently. Now there are long-term ramifications, and there are long-term ramifications if you don't play through being hurt as well. But, again, I would like to emphasize before you get off the show that women have estrogen. Men have testosterone that produces things over millions of years of who we are today. There are pros and cons of having more testosterone than estrogen. But I'll leave it at that. Okay. Yeah, you were breaking up. You were definitely breaking up there. Um, Solanda, you got 30 seconds. What were you, what were you saying there? Uh, say it again. I'm sorry, John. No, I I thought you were trying to get in there. Maybe that was Brother Allen. Allen, 30 seconds. Did you want to respond? Uh, well, I think, like the brother said, there is long-term ramifications no matter which direction you go. But I think ultimately it's up to the individual. I think when the uh, environment affects the individual's decision, I think that is a problem in itself. I think the individual should be able to make his own decision and not feel the pressure of the environment because I do think that testosterone does play a role when it comes to men because a man well, can be hurt playing a sport and and push through it because of testosterone. So I think no on that aspect, one is right. No, 
No doubt about it. Well, I appreciate you calling. I appreciate you sharing your thoughts, views, and uh, um, your concerns relative to today's subject matter. Folks, very interesting conversation surrounding manhood, manning up. What does it mean to be a man? And as um, as we center the conversation around gender intelligence, um, gender intelligence, what does it mean to be gender intelligent and things of that sort? Is, is Are there things that we can learn from women as men and women? Are there things that we can learn from men? That represent our uniqueness and our strengths and things of that nature. Seven one eight five zero eight nine five three three seven one eight five zero eight nine five three three. That is the number to call each and every Sunday, five thirty Central Standard Time. Get your thoughts, views, and opinions heard right here on MTAS Radio. Join us online www.m-tas.org. Folks, remember the community in which we live, the society in which we reside, is a community and society that we create. I am responsible. You are responsible. Thirty million Americans are currently living without the freedom. Of and security that life insurance provide. Call my office, get your family secure to get your family protected. 773-881-9555. This hour is being brought to you by John Green and American Family Insurance. Until next week, continue to be good to yourselves and good to your families. We're talking gender intelligence, people. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.